everybody, and welcome to a new episode from Equality in Business, our podcast to create awareness about equality in the business world by actively engaging students about relevant topics in a professional manner. My name is Inês, and I'm the head of the podcast department of our Equality in Business Student Club. And it's with great excitement that I introduce today's guest, Daniela Redding. Daniela is a master's student at Catholic Lisbon and has gained three years of work experience in Hong Kong and Amsterdam after completing her international business bachelor. During the three years, she has seen both the corporation and the scale-up work environments. And one thing that they had in common, the lack of diversity from a certain management level up. During the COVID pandemic, she participated in an idea competition to improve German education system and co-founded an organization to connect diverse role models with schools. She continues to be uh, on the board while pursuing her master's. In this episode, we'll switch the perspective we have been focusing on and explore how students can have an active role in shaping their environment with regard to diversity and inclusion topics. As a student myself, I know we can feel that we lack resources, whether that is time, knowledge, or power to actually make a difference. But today, with the help of Daniela, we will understand that using our creativity and with some simple mindset switches, there is, in fact, a lot that can be done uh, to benefit not only society, but our development as professionals. A very welcome to you, Daniela, and thank you for being here with us today, this time from the other side as an external guest. Thank you for having me. Before getting into today's topic, we'll start with our little ritual. At the end of each podcast episode, we let our guests ask a question to our next guest. In our last episode, we had the pleasure to, of speaking with Michael Riley about age diversity at work. The question he left for you was, what is the one thing you would do to change how employees and employers can change the perspective by accepting older workers in the workplace? What a great question, especially for the episode that is from a student's perspective, because we surround ourselves mostly, uh, I believe, with young people. So the topic of age diversity is something that I personally haven't been in contact a lot. So uh, I do think it's really valuable. And um, as we're younger, people are entering the workforce. It's certainly something we need to be aware of. Um, one thing I would do um, is that there is this bias, this misconception of that older workers don't contribute as much as youngers. And wherever there is a bias, I believe that connection and interaction and meeting people is the solution to it. I believe that employers should set up an initiative to connect older and younger workers to meet each other. Um, because often there is some sort of hierarchy as well. So um, it disencourages people from meeting each other. And this will then in turn lead to more older people being accepted because there is a true inclusion, not only diversity, having young and old people, but including um, having a conversation between them. Thank you for sharing your opinion on this matter. I totally agree with you. Uh, we can now start our discussion. Uh, first of all, as I hinted in the introduction, you are involved in an organization that tackles precisely diversity and inclusion in education. Could you explain us the concept behind this? Yes, of course. So um, the uh, organization I work for is called Gemeinsam Einzigartig. And uh, I know it's very difficult to pronounce for anyone who is not uh, native German speaking. So uh, I'm going to abbreviate it with GE, that are the initials. 
Um, and it's a, a not-for-profit um, yep, social organization. And what we're um, doing, what we're aiming at is making diversity seen in schools. So um, being in a school, you have a teacher, you have multiple teachers. And uh, teachers do really um, try to bring diver the topic of diversity into the classroom. As I hinted at before, I believe that biases can only be um, uh, yeah, flattened out by uh, connections and interactions. And if you're a teacher, you are just representing yourself. Let's assume I was a teacher. I am a woman. I am white. I'm cis. I'm straight. This is what I re represent. I cannot um, embody someone of a different uh, skin color. I can't embody someone of a different sexual orientation, but I still would like to expose my students to someone. So um, our concept is that we make it really simple for teachers to connect with diverse role models. Um, one of my go-to examples is that I only had white male old physics teachers. So personally, I wasn't really inspired to pursue a physics career. But I would have loved to have a successful female physics teacher that encourages me and my other um, fellow students in high school to pursue that career. Now, with GE, this interaction should be really simple. So you can either book someone um, digitally or um, offline to come into the classroom to either give a session on a certain diversity topic or to just facilitate, for example, a physics class and presenting this strong um, version of yourself that you are. That's such a great idea. For me, it's one of those ideas that you think to yourself, that's so good. How did you come up with it? <laughs> so that's exactly what I'm going to ask you next. Uh, how did you start? It's a, it's a really funny question or like topic um, because I don't think I would be here if it wasn't for the, the COVID pandemic. Um, so if we go back a couple of months, um, you need to um, yeah envision myself sitting in my very small Amsterdam apartment um, and working from home. So suddenly I had a lot of uh, free time available because I didn't have to commute or anything and I wanted to do something new. And um, I've heard about, um, yeah, idea competitions, as uh, you've called it in the introduction. Um, but for me, it was uh, that I was scrolling through my LinkedIn and I came across this hackathon thing advertisement. And um, I wasn't like, I didn't really know what it was and I wasn't really sure what it was about. But then I read up on it and it was an initiative supported by the German government to um, rethink the German education system. And for that, it's important to know, of course, I'm not part of it anymore. I've graduated um, a while ago, but I, uh, I have a little brother and a little sister who are currently still part of the German um, school system. So I have ideas and I have thoughts about it. And I thought, you know, what's the worst thing that can happen? So I joined this hackathon idea competition and we had five days to find a group, find a topic we want to tackle and come up with a solution. So imagine me on the first Monday going um, into Slack. It was organized on Slack and trying to find a group. I found a really great group and um, all of them are co-founders of GE and I'm really proud of working together with them. And we, next to our full-time jobs that we all had and have, um, we put ourselves down and we thought, okay, so what is an issue that we want to tackle? 
And we came up with um, diversity in school and that we want to make sure that um, kids learn in school how um, how to appreciate, but also deal with diversity and facilitate inclusion. We've conducted interviews and um, one reoccurring topic was, there was no one like me in high school. I didn't have a role model. I couldn't express myself because I didn't know anyone who was like me. And if you think back now, that sounds terrible, but it's uh, something that is really present and really valid and something we wanted to change. So we were thinking about how can we do that? And the key term was role models. So we said uh, we need to be able to connect role models and teachers. And in that first week, in the five days, we ran a test um, run. We had a test run. And one of my uh, co-founders, he's a teacher in Japan, and he did um, one of those sessions online where uh, he had an expert talk to his class about sexual identity. And it was very well received, even though it was on a distance, the class was really engaged and it was for us um, a confirmation that this is actually a good concept, a nice idea. And uh, we were so excited that after submitting the idea, we all took a weekend off. And on Monday we had a call and we we're like, yes, we're continuing. We're now a team for, for good, for longer. And this is really how, um, how GE started. I'm really happy that you uh, went to the next uh, stage. <laughs> you mentioned the role of the hackathon, and I feel like the terms have the connotation of being a technical challenge that you need to be a coder or an engineer to participate. Is this the case? Uh, could you explain uh, the concept of the hackathon? Yes. Um... It's really interesting that you have the same connotation as, as I had before. So you think hackathon, all right, you need to hack, you need to code, you need to be a technical person to participate. Um, it was one of the things why I hesitated to sign um, You need to know that I signed up four hours before the deadline, I think. Uh, so I was scrolling through LinkedIn. I've seen it a couple of times and it came back and then I thought four hours before the deadline, what's the worst thing that can happen? I couldn't contribute fine, then that would be it. And I just don't participate anymore. Um, so the concept of a hackathon is traditionally um, involved, uh, involving coding and creating software. So you have a specific um, time frame set. It can be two days, can be three days, can be 24 hours. That's a really stressful one, I believe. Uh, we had five days. And at the end of it, you want to have something you can present. So for us, it was um, a video pitch of our idea um, of the issue we were solving and um, of the prototype we had that we tested. Um, it certainly is beneficial if you have a developer um, on your team. So uh, we don't have um, anyone with experience in, in coding, but there are um, yeah, there are tools out there that allow you to create a website, create a software without actually having to code. So there's a way around it. And uh, I believe that when, even if you don't have this technical background, your input can still be val valuable as a project manager, as making sure the parts come together nicely to facilitate, bring in your ideas. Um, it's definitely not something that should keep you from participating in a hackathon. That's so interesting. Uh, especially because I had a total misconception of the concept. 
So now the project has certainly been growing and I would like to know what's your role and what tasks do you regularly perform? Um, yeah, it has definitely grown out of uh, the, the idea stage. Um, we're currently not um, yet launched. So if you go on our website, um, you can't just yet book um, role models, but we're running, we're in a prototype phase. So we're running tests behind the scenes, making sure that our assumptions are right. It's a, a very agile approach. So we're, we're working uh, with a team of uh, 10 people and um, everyone has different roles. And once a week on Monday, we have our Monday kickoff meetings where we all come together and speak about what everyone is working on, what the focus is for the week. And we do basically weekly sprints. Um, my role is very much focused, uh, focused on the um, platform side. So me and uh, one other co-founder, we are really much looking on the website and the actual booking platform. And what does that mean? That means that um, we are doing the technical implementations of that. So without the coding, but using what the platform already gives us, we're reiterating the booking process. So when someone speaks to a tester, we reiterate it and make changes to the software. Um, do I only work on the website? No, <laughs> we are, we're still quite a small team and everything is new and everything is moving. That means that our tasks very much are free. And um, if you have a specific interest, you can always express your interest and also do something uh, in a different direction. Um, so what I'm also doing is I'm working together with um, the other board members on um, how are we going to grow the organization. So we're really lucky that the core team from the beginning is still together, but we've also grown. So we've added uh, two new team members at this point uh, who have supported us during the hackathon already and who are now full members of the team. And we're working on, okay, how can we make sure, because we're a completely remote team, that we work well as a team. So that's what I, what I do on a regular basis and on like a long-term basis as well. I'm amazed with the impact that you're having right now as a student. And I really like the way your organization is done. Uh, everyone can do everything, but you all know what you have to do in the first place. And in your opinion, how can students follow your example and become uh, active while studying? Students have a lot of time and we don't realize it. Being a student myself, I, especially in the last couple of weeks, noticed again, okay, when the exam period is, um, is coming up, we're really focused on uh, our exams and um, on university. But if we look at our week, there is a lot of time that we can spend on something else. So there are a lot of options that um, students have. So, for example, joining um, a student club. So the Quality in Business Club is, of course, a great example. Um, you don't have to invest a lot of time during the week, but you get to um, do something with a purpose. You're gonna, you get to apply what you learn in university and you meet new people. Um, I definitely want to advocate for joining hackathons. So I was never aware of the fact that I'm passionate about uh, the German education system, like at all. <laughs> I thought withholding my certificate in my hand, I would never have to think about it again. With joining the hackathon, I was pushed in a completely direction, very opposite of where my career was going at that moment. And I felt that I was really passionate about it. And this 
passion, I believe, is something that a lot of students are still looking for. Where do I want to go in life? Okay, hey, I do want to work for a consultancy. But within that consultancy, there are different fields of work. So you don't really know what industry you want to work in, for example. Um, so definitely have a look around you. If there's uh, the hackathon coming up, join. What is the worst thing that can happen? You don't participate. Well, then you stop again. Um, so there's nothing that can go wrong. You should totally do it. And then lastly, um, join um, a small company or start your own company. There's nothing that can um, go wrong. You can apply your knowledge. And um, just with the time that you have, you can make an impact. If you see that uh, in week one of a trimester, you have a lot of time, well, you can invest a lot of time. But a lot of young, small companies, especially if you start them yourself, they have this flexibility and time. And you can see how much you want to invest. But I also tell you it's uh, addictive. The more time you invest, the more you get out of it, the more time you want to invest to get even more out of it. So I've definitely struggled with my time management um, during my um, exams, but I was really lucky to have such a great team on board with GE that has supported me and made sure that I could take enough time to, to study as well. Thank you so much for your insights. And one of the things that I keep thinking about when I hear you speak is the amount of people you have interacted with uh, to make all this possible. Because of that, you must have a strong opinion regarding the power of networking. Would you elaborate a little bit on the topic? I think the word networking gives a lot of people the chills. I think a lot of people don't like the idea of, all right, now I need to network. Now I need to go approach that recruiter from that company. Now I need to pitch myself. Um, it is so important to network, though, and it's what they tell us at university as well. But I believe that there's not only this one-way, two-way um, approach to networking, that you go to some a person, approach a person, introduce yourself. But I think with uh, working together, that is the networking you want to do. That is the networking that is going to bring you further um, in your future career. If I look at the people that I'm working with at GE right now, we all have completely different backgrounds, completely different industry, completely different interests from different um, ages as well. So I'm the second youngest and um, then it goes up, uh, I think, more than twice my age. And it's so interesting to work with different people. Um, so what I really believe is that if you work together with people, they get a good impression of who you are, how you are. And if I ever looked for a job um, in um, yeah, any field where my fellow co-founders are working in, I know I can call them and ask them, hey, do you have a job for me? Do you know someone who has a job for me? And they might be more likely to recommend me because they know how I work. I also tell um, my fellow students that I believe it's really important to make real connections. We all need to do group work, right? And we directly spot the people that we like working with and people we don't like working with. It's the same when you work in a startup. You see the people that work really well and the people that don't work really well. And if you think five years ahead, 10 years ahead, you're not going to recommend people that you didn't like working with. And that's a part now of networking. I think it's really important and we students, we really need to think and branch out a bit because 
especially now in this time, there are not a lot of career fairs where we can go and introduce ourselves, but we need to have a look how we can network differently. That's definitely something all of us should keep in mind in our daily lives, especially when we are so worried about grades, group work and exams that we cannot find the time to go to events or to just make the meaningful connections you were describing. Uh, what would you say about the balance that's necessary between grades and relevant experience? Um, I think that relevant experience is so important. When I came out of my bachelor's, I um, had worked in a student club, in a student, uh, in a study association before, um, but I never had an internship, for example. So when I started, I was overwhelmed with everything. I didn't know how to book a meeting. Like, that's how basic uh, how basic things were missing in what i've learned yes i could draw great concepts about strategies and how to enter a new market but really the basic relevant experience was missing and that's something i um i believe that students really need to focus on i know grades are important grades are your entry ticket a lot of times if you want to apply to jobs if you want to apply uh, to a semester abroad if you want to apply to your master's But please don't underestimate the um, importance of experience. And in our curriculum, we don't have time for six months internships, a year internship, working full time um, apart from the summers, for example. Um, but we have time during the semester. So even if it's not full time, try to grab the possibilities wherever they come flying at you. If it's at a um, student club, at a startup, join a hackathon um, and gain experience because my motivation for GE um, has come with constant self-doubt. I think that's also something people don't talk about enough. I've had this voice in my head, like, why are you actually doing this? Um, yes, you have a great purpose, but why you, the others would be better off without you, but there's really nothing we have to lose. And If the worst thing that we can lose is that we have a failed startup, I think that's really cool that you can tell the recruiter, hey, yes, I've failed. And it wasn't that you failed an exam, but you've actually failed in setting up a company because you learn a lot from it. And all of that relevant experience is something you can not only talk about to a recruiter, but it's going to help you in your um, first weeks of working, first months of working, and then in connecting with other people at your new company as well. That's so interesting. <laughs> One of the things that comes from experience, it's the least technical aspects of running a team, right? For example, in your case, how you do, make, do you make sure that such a diverse team is motivated to work for the same goal? Um, that's a great question. And it's also something that we're, we're still exploring. So we all have this big common shared goal, this vision of where we want to go. And it's something that we have refined over the last weeks as well. So I told you in the beginning that we're working in sprints. We're currently doing design sprints where we are working on uh, what's the goal for everyone individually. And then we're bringing it together and that's forming our vision. Reinforcing this vision, I think is really important for team motivation. But it's also a lot about team composition. And I've mentioned we have a lot of um, age diversity already, but we have a lot of um, diversity from where everyone is coming from, which kind of expertise he or she can add. And we are also not even in the same country. 
So yes, we're currently fo focusing on the German market, but you are speaking to me in Portugal right now. And one of our co-founders is in Japan. Another one is living in Switzerland and completely um, fragmented over Germany as well. So we're a naturally online team. We're a virtual team. And that comes with, with different challenges. So what we do is we have our Monday meetings and we have, and this is our main point to align on how everyone is doing, how everyone is feeling um, personally, um, but also um, focused on GE. Where is everyone at who needs help? How we, can we progress? And um, we don't earn any money with it right now. And I don't think we will ever get rich from it in the future because it's a social startup and that's not our goal. And um, that means that we are purely intrinsically motivated. Our team, we have no hierarchies. We're all the same, we're all on the same level and there's no authority. That means if someone makes a commitment, like I'm gonna write a blog post until the end of the week, um, the person themselves needs to be motivated to actually do it. And the way we handle this right now is that we are really open with offering help. So we know people, life happens, people get busy, something comes up. So what we then saying, hey, you didn't write this. You said you were going to do this. It's okay, how can I help you? So someone who has more time is going to come in and ask how um, we can support the person who has less time. And I think this is really unique and um, is really supported by this shared vision that we have and that we are aligned on where we want to go. And how we're going to get there is just by good teamwork and making sure we reach it by a team. Thank you so much for your insights. Regarding uh, hackathon participation, do you have any uh, tips on how people can uh, find them or how can they uh, get in touch with some companies? Or we had a look before our conversation if I can find uh, a database where I find all hackathons around the world that you can participate in. And there are a couple, but I think it's more important that uh, you personally try to understand uh, what kind of hackathon you want to join. Because it should be um, a topic, a challenge that you're interested in, like the German education system for me. Um, and then really Google is your best friend. But I think it's also nice if you are, for example, thinking about applying for a specific company, that you just type that company's name with Hackathon into Google and see what comes up. Um, a good friend of mine, she works for um, a Dutch health insurance um, company. She has just hosted a hackathon. And um, if I was interested in the insurance business, I would have surely participated in it. But she posted on it um, about it on LinkedIn. So also try to connect with people in the relevant industries because that's how you're going to find out about it. So let's say you want to work at a specific company, have a look at their LinkedIn pages, have a look at Google, what comes up there, and then just apply. Because I personally really believe that that can be your stronger entry ticket um, for an interview, for example. If you have already worked with someone from this company, in that case, my friend at the Dutch health insurance company, um, you can have another conversation rather than having to submit your CV among hundreds of other applicants. You now already know a person, that person has worked with you and can be your advocate within the company. That's super nice. <laughs> 
Thank you so much for being here with us today, uh, sharing your insights and experience. We'll end the way we have started with our ritual. Uh, as you've replied to Mike's question in the beginning of our episodes, you've got a chance uh, to ask a question to our next guest. That can be anything related to equality, diversity and inclusion that you'd like to hear another experts think on. So I leave the floor to you. What would you like to ask? Thank you for that uh, opportunity. Um, and in the preparation of this podcast, I was thinking uh, what I was going to ask. And um, the question I would like to ask to the next guest is, what moment uh, would you see as a milestone, maybe a decision you took or an opportunity to you had that led you to where you are right now? For me, that was me laying in bed, scrolling through LinkedIn, seeing the hackathon um, um, advertisement. But I'm really curious to hear what uh, the next guest says. Yeah, I look forward to hearing our next guest's opinion on that. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. We hope you're enjoying our content. We'd love to hear your feedback, what you'd like us to add, to change or to continue. And if you have specific topics or questions in mind you'd like to know more about, we are happy to include this in the next episodes. You'll find us under the name Equality in Business on LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram. Any input is highly appreciated. You'll hear us for our next episodes as usual in two weeks, so on the 20th of November. Until then.